Part four, chapter seventy two of Thus Spake Zarathustra by Friedrich Nietzsche, translated by Thomas Common. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Supper. For at this point the soothsayer interrupted the greeting of Zarathustra and his guests. He pressed forward as one who had no time to lose, seized Zarathustra's hand, and exclaimed, But Zarathustra, one thing is more necessary than the other so sayest thou thyself well one thing is now more necessary unto me than all others a word at the right time didst thou not invite me to table and here are many who have made long journeys thou dost not mean to feed us merely with discourses besides all of you have thought too much about freezing and drowning suffocating and other bodily dangers none of you however have thought of my danger namely perishing of hunger thus spake the soothsayer when zarathustra's animals however heard these words they ran away in terror for they saw that all they had brought home during the day would not be enough to fill the one soothsayer. "'Likewise perishing of thirst,' continued the soothsayer, "'and although I hear water splashing here like words of wisdom, that is to say, plenteously and unweariedly, I want wine. Not every one is a born water-drinker like Zarathustra.' neither doth water suit weary and withered ones we deserve wine it alone giveth immediate vigour and improvised health on this occasion when the soothsayer was longing for wine it happened that the king on the left the silent one also found expression for once we took care said he about wine i along with my brother the king on the right we have enough of wine a whole ass-load of it so there is nothing lacking but bread bread replied zarathustra laughing when he spake it is precisely bread that anchorites have not but man doth not live by bread alone but also by the flesh of good lambs of which i have two these shall we slaughter quickly and cook spicily with sage it is so that i like them and there is also no lack of roots and fruits good enough even for the fastidious and dainty nor of nuts and other riddles for cracking thus will we have a good repast in a little while but whoever wished to eat with us must also give a hand to the work even the kings for with Zarathustra even a king may be a cook. This proposal appealed to the hearts of all of them, save that the voluntary beggar objected to the flesh, and wine, and spices. "'Just hear this glutton, Zarathustra,' said he jokingly. "'Doth one go into caves and high mountains to make such repasts? Now indeed do I understand what he once taught us, blessed be moderate poverty and why he wisheth to do away with beggars be of good cheer replied zarathustra as i am abide by thy customs thou excellent one 
grind thy corn, drink thy water, praise thy cooking, if only it make thee glad. I am a law only for mine own. I am not a law for all. He, however, who belongeth unto me, must be strong of bone and light of foot, joyous in fight and feast, no sulker, no jano dreams ready for the hardest task as for the feast, healthy and hale. The best belongeth unto mine and me, and if it be not given us, then do we take it. The best food, the purest sky, the strongest thoughts, the fairest women. Thus spake Zarathustra. The king on the right, however, answered and said, Strange! Did one ever hear such sensible things out of the mouth of a wise man? And verily, it is the strangest thing in a wise man, if over and above he be still sensible and not in ass. Thus spake the king on the right and wondered. The ass, however, with ill will said, Yee-yah! to his remark. This, however, was the beginning of that long repast which is called the supper in the history books. At this there was nothing else spoken of but the higher man. Notes by Anthony M. Ludovici In the first seven verses of this discourse, I cannot help seeing a gentle allusion to Schopenhauer's habits as a bon vivant. For a pessimist, be it remembered, Schopenhauer led quite an extraordinary life. He ate well, loved well, played the flute well, and I believe he smoked the best cigars. What follows is clear enough. End of Part 4, Chapter 72 Recording by John Van Stan, Savannah, Georgia